Hey, folks, this is Kevin. Just a few words before we start. Well, I just want to remind everyone that if you go to our shop at risk-show.com slash our shop, you can always find the phenomenal deals we have at adamandeve.com, the adult superstore. Risk fans have always raved about the deal that we have with Adam and Eve, and I can assure you they have a ton of super fun stuff there. Take it from me. And proflowers.com. What a perfect time of year to be taking advantage of the deal we have with Pro Flowers. Go to risk-show.com slash our shop and get in on those amazing deals. Also, with the holidays almost here, you don't have time to go to the post office with the traffic and the parking. It'll be packed with everyone mailing holiday gifts and packages. So take my advice. Use Stamps.com instead. With Stamps.com, you can avoid all the hassle of going to the post office during the holiday season. Everything you do at the post office, you can do right from your desk. You can buy and print official U.S. postage using your own computer and printer. You can print postage for any letter or package the instant you need it. It's so easy and convenient. I use Stamps.com for risk in the story studio, and you should too. Right now, get this special offer when you use our promo code RISK. It's a no-risk trial, plus you get a $110 bonus offer. That includes a digital scale and up to $55 free postage. So don't wait. Go to Stamps.com. Before you do anything else, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in RISK. That's stamps.com, enter risk, and now here's the show. Kids, this is Risk, the show where people tell true stories they never thought they'd dare to share. I'm Kevin Allison, and this is Sue Hav behind me now, but you knew that. You guys are huge Sue Hav fans. That's why I put it on in the first place. We are calling today's episode Women on Men. And we all know how important it is for women to get on men. Because, you know, otherwise there wouldn't be anyone to give birth to men to be on me. And when women who like men have to go out and deal with men, peculiar things have been known to happen. Now, we once had this episode called Frontiers. And listen, this is how I I introduced that episode. And it just so happens that all the storytellers today are men. So I promise from the bottom of my belly, the ladyfied episode of frontier type behavior is just down the road, folks. <laughs> That's right. Uh, 78 episodes later. But I would say that the behavior of 
the ladies featured in this episode is frontier type In just a bit, we're going to hear from that pioneer woman herself, Miss Lillian Devane, who we met when we took Risk to Boston. But before that, we're going to hear from someone who is not Lillian Devane at all. Melanie Hamlet has been a friend of the show from the very beginning. She is someone who takes the whole idea of living your life like an adventure to another level. I always feel like I have really great stuff to soak up from her, from her experience of kind of living outside the bounds of uh, the way we're all kind of conditioned to be living. So here she is at the Risk Live show that we have once a month in New York City. This is Melanie Hamlet with a story we call Fuck or Fight. not my normal voice. I have laryngitis, just so you know. Um, anyway, so uh, I was in Jackson Hole, Wyoming uh, in my mid-20s, and I was working as a, a ski instructor. And uh, at the end of the season, one of my coworkers has this big blowout party with kegs and like a bonfire in his backyard. And most of the people at the party are actually men, because in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, the ratio of men to women is 10 to 1. And um, <laughs> And, uh, and most of the people at this party are like, you know, rich white guys from like the Midwest or the Northeast and they just want to be ski bums for a while. But there are a few random people at this party um, and one of them comes up to me and he introduces himself as Dallas. I don't actually know if that's his name or not, but I loved the name. Um, and Dallas is Southern and I, he's from West Virginia and I'm from Tennessee and most people at this party aren't and I just have a soft spot in my heart for rednecks and uh this guy is like cartoonishly redneck like he's like one of the first things he said to me he's like so, so i'm from west virginia do you know west virginia looks like a middle finger <laughs> and uh <laughs> and he's like i'm from right here and he points to his knuckle it's the same way someone from michigan is like i'm from right here with their little mitten and um <laughs> they don't actually talk like that uh and uh he would say things like, uh, you know, let's pluck a feather, little lady, and get us some wild turkey, you know? And he said things like darling and little lady and baby and whatever, because that's what Southern men do, and I thought it was hilarious. I love to prove to men how strong I am, and I was like, yeah, I'm a whitewater raft guy, I live in my truck, and blah, 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 and you know, which I did. Um, and, uh, and he was like bragging about what a man he is and how he was the West Virginia State wrestling champion when he was in high school and how he'd run in bags for years to sweat off all that weight and ate, starved himself, you know. So we're exchanging stories and having a good time. Just so you know, I'm not actually like attracted to this guy. I just think he's like hilarious. He looks just like a guy that I would be attracted to because he's got like shoulder length hair and like a puffy jacket with like duct tape covering all the holes. You know, like my kind of man. But uh, there's, there's like no chemistry. So I was just joking around. And uh, before I knew it, it was like two in the morning and everybody had either left the party or was like crashing on the floor of my friend's living room. And across the fire, there's only two people left other than Dallas and I. And it's one guy, and he's, he looks like a, like a redneck 
kind of uglier version of the, the Russian from Rocky IV. Just a huge guy. And, uh, and then he had a little sidekick, this scrappy little guy. Uh, it, I, I thought it, like, he was like Schmeagle, kind of like, <laughs> you know. Uh, and uh, and I had actually met these guys earlier in the night. The, the bigger guy was actually a cage fighter. Um, and he had tried hitting on me, and I was like, ah. And, uh, and then the, the little scrappy guy was like, called me a cunt because I wasn't like receptive to it. So I was like, I'm staying away from these guys. Um, but now at the end of the night, I'm like right across from them, and they're like leering at me, and they're like talking shit. I can tell because like that, you know, they're like, they say like, she, but I can't understand, <laughs> I can't understand what they're saying. But I know that they got an issue. And then they start talking shit about Dallas and they're making fun of his accent. And I'm like, what is going on here? And Dallas is like, well, well baby, I hate to tell you this, but it looks like we got a fucker fight situation right now. <laughs> and I'm like, what is that? He's like, well, these guys came here hoping to fuck, and you're the only woman left, and you're talking to me, so they're not gonna leave here until they fight. And I'm like, is that like, is that like real? And part of me is thinking, like, wait a second, does Dallas think we're gonna fuck? That's not happening. Um, and then the other one, I was like, whatever, this is Jackson Hole, everyone just gets high and skis all the time. But no, actually, <laughs> the cage fighter, moments later, like, walks over to Dallas and just like, blah, 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 blah. and Dallas is like, let's go. And like, he like they, next thing I know, they're on the ground, and Dallas has them in one of those, like, homoerotic wrestling holds. <laughs> He's totally got him pinned. And uh, the cage fighter's like, all right, I'm, I'm fine, let me up, I'm gonna go. And Dallas is like, all right then. So he goes to walk away, and uh, so Dallas turns to me to start talking, and the cage fighter comes back, you know, sneaky, and grabs Dallas by the jacket and throws him on the ground and punches him in the face a couple times. Things just got, like, primal and crazy all of a sudden, because I worked in the outdoor industry for years. I'm used to, like, man versus nature and, like, saving people from drowning and, like, crisis, but I'm not used to, like, fisticuffs man versus man, and like, I actually think Dallas might like die, I mean, this guy's a cage fighter, and you know, there's blood everywhere, there's so much commotion that the dust being kicked up, I can hardly see what's going on, they're like rolling near the fire, and I'm almost about to go inside to like get help. You know, this is one of those moments, I'm so used to hanging around men all the time and working with men and doing like man jobs, that I almost feel like I'm a man sometimes, and then moments like this, I'm like, nope, I'm not a man, I don't know how to handle this. Uh, and, and so, basically, Dallas finally like pins this guy in another homoerotic wrestling thing, and totally wins. And finally, the cage fighter gives up, and uh, and Dallas is like, "That's right, now get out of here," you know. <laughs> and, uh, and I just love the way he talks; it's so funny. And um, so these guys walk away with their tail between their legs, and then Dallas walks over to me, and he's got like holes in his jeans. He's covered in dirt and blood. His eyes are like clearly gonna swell up any moment now. And he looks so vulnerable. And uh, he comes up and he goes, well, baby, I won. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, you did. And he's like, uh, and I'm also thinking, I'm like, did I cause this? Like, is this my fault? And uh, he, he says, I need some help with my eye, though. And so I take him into the bathroom and go like all Florence Nightingale on him or whatever. And, uh, and then I'm like, all right, it's time to 
like the party ended a long time ago. I'm going to bed, so I grab my sleeping bag and hit, you know, grab a, a place on the carpet in the living room because there's people scattered all over asleep. And he goes, babe, babe, I don't feel like going home right now. Do you mind if I lay next to you? And I'm like, okay, you know, and, and it's normal in like, in my line of work to sleep next to guys all the time in sleeping bags and it's not a big deal. So I'm like, whatever. So he lays down, he doesn't actually have a sleeping bag. I like zip up into mine and he like sleeps on his shoes and has like no blanket or anything. And, um, and he starts spooning me. And I'm like, okay. Part of me is like red flag, but then I'm like, well, whatever. I'm in like a full length down condom right now. There's nothing getting between here. And, uh, and so then he puts his arm over me and I'm like, okay. And, and, but that's when I notice is it's shaking. And I'm like, are you okay? And he's like, my heart's racing. I'm like, oh, the cage fighter got you still shook up. And he's like, he's like, no, my heart's racing because I'm lying here next to you. And I'm like, like, I, I mean, part of me is like, oh, you know, because I've actually, you should probably know by this point in time, I'd actually never had a boyfriend, really. You know, I lived in my truck, like I'm a gypsy. I just like bang guys every once in a while and one night stands, you know, the healthy stuff like that. And um, so I, I never had a guy like talk to me that way or be like, you know, sincere and warm like that. And I'm, so part of me is like, well, maybe I should just cuddle with this guy and whatever. And then that voice got in my head, the one that every woman in this room, I think, knows about. Even my prudest friends have done this, where they're like, well, when some man does something for them or saves them or like, it's just really nice. And they're like, maybe I should fuck them, you know? Uh, and, uh, you know, because I, I mean, I've, I've got tons of credit card debt and, uh, you know, student loans, I'm okay with that, but I'm not okay with sexual debt. And so I'm like, yeah, I should fuck him. Like, throw the dog a bone, poor guy. And I was like, fuck her fight, fuck her fight. He thought he was going to get fucked because that's why I got in a fight. And so my brain convinces me I need to do this. And so I'm like, when am I going to do it? You know, and, uh, and I'm like, there's people in the room, they're sleeping, where do they wake up? I was like, I know, I'll do it in the bathroom. So I finally, I'm like, I nudge him, I'm like, hey, do you want to go to the bathroom? And at this point, he's actually falling asleep. So clearly, this guy is not doing any of this. This is all Melanie creating this drama. And, uh, and I'm like, well, uh, come on, don't you want to go to the bathroom? And, and he's like, I don't want to go to the bathroom. You know, and I was like, I'm fine. I tried. You know, like, I mean, I didn't say that, but I'm thinking, like, good effort, Melanie. Um, and uh, so the next morning I wake up, and he was like, baby, can I get you some breakfast or something? You want to come to my house? And I'm like, okay, you know, I don't, I don't. so I go, and uh, we go back to his house, which is actually a double wide, and um, cartoonishly southern again, like TV on the milk crate or whatever, no furniture. So he gives me a tour of the house, and uh, <laughs> you know, it just happened so fast, you guys. Like, I was like taking a tour of his room, and next thing I know, his head's between my legs, and I'm like, Wait, no, oh my God, wait a second. This is not supposed to play out this way, but I'm already kind of in too deep. And, uh, and I'm like, at this point in my life, I actually hated when guys went down on me. Things have changed, just in case I end up dating any of you. Um, and, because uh, I was like, I just assume men hate doing that. And, only, and if they do it, they want me to 
I have an orgasm, and I'm so worried about not having an orgasm. I can never relax. And I can't say I don't like it because I don't want word to get out on the street that women don't like this. So I like take one for the team, and I'm like, yay, this is great. You know? <laughs> so like, I'm like ooing and aahing, whatever. But in my mind, I'm like looking at the ceiling and counting like things on the wall. And, and, it, and I'm also like making jokes because that's where my mind goes. I'm like, well, Melanie, you're in your own little porno now. Melanie knows Dallas, you know? And, <laughs> and, and then he like lo- looks up at me and, and he was like, you like this baby? And I was like, yeah, yeah. I mean, he looks so, so determined on pleasing me. This is a really good man, you know, and he's really good at what he does. It's just, it's me. And I'm like, I do, I do. But you know what would be better is I want to feel you inside of me. You know, <laughs> I'm like, come on up here, you know. <laughs> so we like have sex and, and, you know, he has his orgasm and I feel great now because I don't have to feel obligated to giving him. And it was crazy. Anyway, um, <laughs> And so we both fall asleep, and then a few hours later, he wakes me up, and he's like, uh, hey, baby, I got you something. And he, he, he holds it, and he goes, look, chocolate chip ice cream. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Just what I was hoping for breakfast. And uh, so we eat ice cream together in bed, and, uh, and I'm, like, I'm like eating this ice cream, and I look over at him, and I'm thinking, like, I see that he's got, his eyes are like, blah, you know? And I'm like, what am I doing here? <laughs> you know, because this is actually a pattern of mine. I, there, at one point in time, I'd actually slept with a guy all summer long when I was a, ra- a raft guide in another state because he taught me how to rock climb. And I was like, well, he put so much time and effort into teaching me. At least I can do a sleep with him. And, uh, and I'm like, what? <laughs> Why? You know, this is about time you stop doing this, like, ab- obligatory fox, Melanie. So uh, if ever I have a cage fighter you know, attack me or whatever, and I need someone to defend my honor in a fuck or fight situation, I'm going to have to fight the urge to fuck and just say thank you. Thank you. About uh, six years ago, I was a gross little weasel. And by that, I mean I was in my early 20s. Uh, (laughs) I was a dramatic day drunk, uh, which means someone who listens to a lot of Kate Bush and then takes her Dorothy Parker anthology to a bar and has two dirty martinis for lunch. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of the thing I was into. I worked full-time at a coffee shop, and I was just, like, tired and frustrated, like most people when they look down and see that their degree is in communication. Do you know what I mean? It's, like, a little bit of a bummer. So I was searching for, like, some sort of validation, some sort of meaning in my life, like most kids right out of college are, and that, of course, ended up manifesting itself in my dating life. I, at the time, was dating a wealthy sociopath, 11 years my senior. That's a great idea. And he was like the Ted Bundy of boyfriends. Okay, you guys, he was 
handsome, he was charming, he would strangle me without my permission during sex. The whole package, okay? It was like super awesome. And, you know, we would hang out and, and, and let's call him Ted for, for you know, uh, clarity purposes throughout the story. So Ted and I would hang out and we would watch murder documentaries, seriously, and... <laughs> flag and we would eat we would eat fancy cheese and then he would just be like kind of cruel to me uh no big deal and i remember specifically one night um it was really really cold and he said hey why don't you bring a bottle of wine over and i was like okay and so i spent a really long time at the liquor store picking out you know the most perfect just expensive enough sophisticated bottle of wine to impress this guy and so i bring it over and he opens it up and he, he takes a sip, and then while keeping eye contact with me, he just pours it down the drain, which is a travesty in and of itself, but because it was too cold. It was too cold to drink. Uh, you know, and so it was humiliating. You know, I felt like this, like, uncouth child around him. Um, and, you know, he would never introduce me to his friends. He never admitted we were dating in public. I was just his dirty little secret, but... I was totally afraid of losing him. And if you've ever been in love with someone who treats you like a piece of garbage, you know how all-consuming it is. You know, you're like obsessed by it and you're desperate and you're anxious and you're worried of losing them. It doesn't even make any sense. And I would just like wake up every day and be like, today's the day that he's going to see that I'm worthy of him. And eventually I, I became, uh, you know, emotionally deprived because sociopaths don't have feelings. So... <laughs> I started cheating on him. Um, I started messing around with a good friend of mine, a really nice guy who liked me a lot. Let's call him Baxter. Um, <laughs> Baxter was the kind of guy who, if we were leaving a bar late at night um, and like my feet were killing me, he would just wordlessly take off his sneakers and put on my lady's high heels and walk the rest of the way home. Like such a great guy, he would cook me dinner, take a movie, like all the things that a nice, normal boyfriend would do, you know? And it like weirded me out, you know? <laughs> it felt really weird. And I knew that he really liked me and I knew he wanted to date me. And for all intents and purposes, I was just using him, you know, to fill this void that Ted had left in me. So. We were we, we were messing around and and it kind of became this this dramatic thing where you know I, I reveled in it because you guys I was a dramatic day drunk remember so I loved this sort of thing I was just like two guys into me one good one evil Christian Bale Jack Black like it's all fucking oh my god when is this house of cards going to fall I would dramatically whisper myself in the mirror I imagine that's what I did. So one day I hear uh, that a lady has shown some interest in Baxter. Not a big deal, okay? <laughs> I don't care. We're not dating. It doesn't matter. Except I do care, okay? <laughs> I fucking care, obviously. So Baxter says to me in kind of this teasy, joking way, he says, um, so uh, this, this girl like, wants to go on a date with me. And I'm like, what do you think about that? And I'm like... Oh, that's, that's cool. That's awesome. Yeah, you should totally do that. And meanwhile, I'm thinking like, 
this guy wants to go on a date with someone else. I thought we had a good thing going where I did whatever I wanted and you just had to deal with it. Like, why do you want to see someone else? But I'm like, cool, like, what's her deal? And he's like, oh, she, uh, she used to date Andy Samberg. And I was like, fuck. Great. And he's like loving this. And I'm like... Oh, that's cool. Like, well, you, you should probably, yeah, you, maybe you should go out with her. And he's like, yeah, I think she's going to get me, like, tickets to SNL. It'll be cool. And I was like, fuck. I'm, like, sweating. And I'm just like, you know what? Yeah, you, 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 totally, you totally should go, go out with her. And he was like, yeah, I think I will. And I'm, like, getting kind of hostile and freaked out. And I'm like, yeah, maybe you should. And he's like, yeah, I think I am. And I'm, like, playing my last crazy card. I'm like, if you go on a date with her, I'm going to come along and watch the whole thing. <laughs> And he looks at me and he's like, okay. And I was like, that's kind of hot, right? And he's like, yeah, it is. And we both kind of stopped and looked at each other and smiled because now we had established some sort of emotion, but the power dynamic had totally shifted. So together, we arranged a spy date. We agreed on a time and a place and we thought of the sexiest place we could think of, which was our local improv theater <laughs> in Cambridge, Massachusetts. We also agreed that we would wear some sort of disguise, okay, just to kind of surprise each other and like keep things under wraps. Um, at the time, I didn't have bangs, so I, I pinned my hair to have this, this bangs, and I wore huge black sunglasses. I dressed all in black. It was very stoic, very Jackie O at JFK's funeral, very sad, beautiful kind of thing. Oh, that's what I was going for. I don't know if that's really what it was. <laughs> so I'm walking to the theater. I'm chain-smoking. I'm starting to freak out. I'm trembling, and I'm just like, what am I doing? You know, I'm, I'm thinking about all the things that could go wrong, all the people we could run into. And, and most of all, like, why am I putting myself in this position? Why am I doing this super weird thing that I've never done before? What if the date goes well? Like, what if I have to watch them just, like, laugh and laugh and touch each other's knees and drink a milkshake with two straws? I don't even know if they sell milkshakes at that improv theater. Probably not, just dry snacks. But just goldfish. But if they did, it would be pure hell. Do you know what I mean? So I get to the theater. I dramatically stub out my cigarette. I walk in, and I go up to the counter. I say, I'd like one ticket, please. And I, <laughs> I take off my sunglasses to reveal a makeup black eye that I had given myself. <laughs> and the guy at the counter just like gives me this look like, you brave woman. <laughs> I'm like, you have no idea, sir. And so I go into the theater <laughs> by myself, and I'm just sitting there, and I feel sick. Like, I'm sweating, and I'm just like, this is crazy. And, you know, and then I started thinking, like, I'm so anxious, and, and maybe these butterflies I'm feeling, maybe they're because I'm afraid of losing someone I really care about. Maybe we've already been falling a little bit in love, and I've just been too nutso to realize it. And I don't know where my sociopathic boyfriend is. He's probably reading Helter Skelter, taking notes. It's like evilly sniffing brandy. I don't know what he was doing. We weren't in contact that night. 
So I'm waiting for Baxter. I'm waiting by myself, and finally he shows up with this girl. And I look at her, and I'm like, oh, no fucking problem. She's wearing Uggs. (laughs) NBD. NBD. Um, But I'm still kind of freaked out, you know what I mean? And for his disguise... Baxter has shaven his beard, and I'm like, uh, good one, I guess. Check out this monster mash. It's not really a fucking problem. But so he's shaving off his beard, and he's sitting this woman, and I and he sees me, and I'm like trying not to look at him, and I see him kind of in my peripheral vision, and he's so freaked out. He's so shocked that I went through all of this crazy trouble, and I have a black eye and bangs, and I look totally insane sitting by myself. <laughs> And she is sitting between our line of vision. So she's sitting in between us, and he's just looking at me the whole time. And the lights go down, and there's a show going on, but obviously the show that we've put on is way more interesting to both of us. So I can tell that he's not even interacting with her because I can see him out of the corner of my eye. And it was just like the longest, weirdest show ever. And so finally it's over. And he had texted me a simple text during the show to tell me that we were all going to meet afterward at a bar. So I go to the bar, and I sit down, and I open a book that I brought with me. It's um, a Beverly Cleary novel called The Luckiest Girl. (laughs) Now, black eye, order a drink, luckiest girl, and... I'm waiting, and he isn't there, and I'm just like, great, I fucked myself. Like, this is so stupid, and I care about this guy, and he's not showing up, and I deserve it because I've been treating him awful. And and finally, he shows up by himself, and he doesn't acknowledge me, and he sets like three stools away from me. And we sit there and sit there. I'm like, she's going to come in any second, and they're going to get drunk together, and I have to watch, and I deserve it. And finally, I text him, and I just say where is she? And he waits, and he texts me back, and he says, she's not coming. And then we instantly both just look up, and we're like, oh, my God, and we high-five each other, and the bartender's like, what the fuck is going on? I don't... And I can't stop laughing, because I'm, like, relieved from five different kinds of tension. And, and she tell, he tells me that she was boring, and I'm glad that she was, and I guess she didn't have a good time, because her date was creepily staring at a maybe battered woman the entire time. I'm only guessing that's the case. So that night we walked home together in our respective shoes and I remember thinking that this crazy stunt we had just pulled was terrifying and nauseating and scary, but it had this underlying comfort to it and that was the best I'd felt in a really long time. And soon after that, um, I broke up with Ted. Let's be real, he dumped me. But (laughs) I ended up dating Baxter for three years. And yeah, and and it was was because we engaged in this weird act together, this silly stunt. And I came to know through that night what it felt like to have a real partner. And I have Andy Samberg's ex-girlfriend to thank for that. Thank you. <laughs> Loving you is not hard to do. 
This is Risk. This is Matt Costa behind me now. And we just heard from the lovely Ms. Lillian Devane. Her name sounds to me like she should be a character in the Maltese Falcon, right? Uh, her story was called Undercover Love. And before that, of course, was Ms. Melanie Hamlet. Uh, let's all do Melanie a favor, by the way. Remember, keep it right here within these earphones you're wearing. Don't let it get out. Some women sometimes don't like cunnilingus. Let's all take one for the team. Now listen, do you know someone who could use a smile this Christmas? I would guess you do. And I know of a gesture that would bring a smile to anyone. This week only, from proflowers.com, get a Santa's Workshop mini Christmas tree for just $19.99. It's a little Christmas tree that you send as a gift. Comes with a festive red tin and colorful lights and 12 wooden ornaments, $19.99. Go to proflowers.com and see these great looking trees. All you have to do is type in the offer code RISK. You can also call them at 800 ProFlowers and just mention risk. It is perfect for someone who doesn't have room for a big tree or just to bring the Christmas spirit into your own home, and it's just $19.99. So call 800-PRO-FLOWERS and mention RISK, or go to proflowers.com, click on the microphone on the top right corner, and type in RISK, and the offer expires midnight this coming Friday. So do it today. I also wanted to mention that our friend Jonathan Dunn has a wonderful new comic novel. It's great for adults and kids. Available on Amazon called Balloon Animals. It's a wild goose chase from Ireland to the U.S. in a red balloon. The hero, the boy in it, travels with his grandfather's dying breaths in the balloon. Very poignant. Look it up. Balloon Animals by Jonathan Dunn on Amazon. Now, in just a bit, we're going to hear from the one and only Ms. Aubrey O'Day of the pop group Danity Kane, the Broadway musical Hairspray, uh, shows like Celebrity Apprentice. Quite a treat to have this remarkable lady on the show. But before that, a storyteller who is really making some waves now here in New York City, the beautiful Miss Julia Wiedemann, with a story we call Life of a Smile. I'm a senior at Mercersburg Academy, a small boarding school in southwestern Pennsylvania, and my braces are off, so I have perfect teeth, perfect, beautiful teeth, so I know. One, in the long term, I'm on my way to being a famous Hollywood actress. Two, in the short term, this is the year that one of the many boys that I have a crush on will want to kiss me. Now, I was a little bit of a weirdo. Uh, everybody knew everybody in my school. It was a very small school, so everyone knew everyone, and everyone knew that I was an actress. And so, uh, <laughs> so I played up the, you know, just, I'm going to be famous. And, um, <laughs> and 
and, and that was okay. And now that I didn't have braces and perfect teeth, I was like, well, one of these boys, uh, you know, I, I cast a wide net in the crush department. It's like, one of them is gonna like me back. I, I, any, anyone was nice to me, I would be like, I can find something nice about them. And <laughs> so enter Patrick. Uh, he was Southern and a wrestler and cute and he would laugh at my jokes and I would laugh at his jokes and, and he wasn't quite the boy that you would want to spend the rest of your life with because he was um, kind of dumb and, uh, you know, I mean, like he was, but he was nice, so I, you know, so we were friends, so we were, we were great friends, and, but I had a, also a big old crush on him and, and one night, uh, at a required meal, we're sitting there at the table uh, while the plates are being uh, taken away, and and we're teasing each other like you do, you know. I'm like, oh, you're so weak, and he's like, no, I'm not, and I say, yes, you are. I am stronger, <laughs> and he's like, I'll show you, <laughs> and <laughs> and then we get dismissed from the table, and uh, he grabs my arms and and pulls them behind my back, and I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> like you do when you're play fighting with the opposite sex in high school, <laughs> and you desperately want to say yes, 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 <laughs> and just give me the opportunity to say yes, 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 <laughs> and no, no, and he starts walking walking forward, and I trip over my, my feet, and, and because there was a cold tile floor for me to fall onto with my face, I did. <laughs> And a crowd of teachers and students form around me while I pick myself up. And, and people are like, oh my God, oh my God, what happened? And, and I see Patrick and he's like, oh my, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. If there's anything I can do, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. He looks horrified and I'm like, I'm, I'm fine. You know, besides the initial shock of falling on my face and the ever so slight taste of blood in my mouth, I'm fine, I'm, I'm fine, like I, I touch everything, I'm fine. Um, and I'm, I'm so thrilled that I'm fine. And, and the next three days over the Thanksgiving break, I convince myself that I am fine, even though the pain behind my left front tooth is increasing and uh, it's so intense. And also it looks as though um, someone has taken a pencil and shaded in my tooth a little bit more every day, and, but I'm, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine until Black Friday when we pause for lunch, the shopping, and I order a Reuben sandwich and I can't bite into it without bursting into tears and I'm rushed to the dentist and, and I get an emergency root canal because uh, the root had been severed. Uh, from the fall, and uh, they had to remove it uh, through surgery, and uh, dental surgery, and, <laughs> and they took it out, and then they, they plastered it back up, and now I had a dead tooth. And besides being very careful when I ate carrots and apples, and that it would just become a deader and deader, blacker tooth, over time, like, my life could go back to normal. Okay. So, okay. And and it looked it looked, you know, at first it was like I could see it, but everyone was like, "No, it's fine. I don't notice it." And so anyway, I go back to school with the dentist bill. I was to take uh, this bill to Patrick. And Patrick's father refused to pay because he said that I had refused help uh, after the initial incident. So Patrick was not responsible 
for any damages accrued henceforth forthcoming in so much as blah, blah, blah. Of course, my parents don't take no for an answer, and then the letter-writing battle begins. And the school gets involved, and this is before anybody has email, so it takes the rest of the year. And of course, I side <laughs> with my parents, and, and because they say, it's Patrick's fault. He should pay. I'm like, obviously, yeah, sure. You know, that's what they say. So I agree with them. And naturally, Patrick sides with his father. And so we can't be friends anymore. Fine. And I graduate, and years go by, and my mom uh, occasionally says, you know, hey, Julia, do you ever think of getting back in touch with Patrick and seeing if you can get the money? <laughs> and I say, no. No, no, no. I hate Patrick because Patrick stole my perfect teeth. And I know it sounds overdramatic. I get it, okay? But at this point in my life, all that I can think of is I just spent three years of my life suffering through braces and headgear. And not the normal kind of headgear that you have around your neck. I had the kind of headgear that goes over your head and makes you look like a horse. And I had to wear it during the day. The day! And all, that's all I can think of. And now I, I can't be a famous Hollywood actress. Not with a big black front tooth. That's not the niche I want to be in. <laughs> By no means. And you know, you know seriously, you know, and, and, and it was just getting darker and darker. And I thought so seriously, I was so worried about people noticing it. And I would look at pictures of myself and be like, there is the black tooth, there is the black tooth, there it is. And I thought, okay, fine, I won't be a Hollywood actress. I'll be a stage actress. That's what I'll do. You can't see it, you know, from so far away. That's, that's what I'll do. But you still have to take headshots, so these are my headshots. <laughs> like a Mona Lisa smirk. You can just read the, the resentment. That's me selling myself, you know, like, hire this one. You know, she'll, she'll solve your crime. I... I would have relationships with, with, with men, and when I knew that they were getting serious, I would uh, sit them down and, and say, I, I have to tell you something, as though I was about to uh, admit to having an STD or, or, you know, or having a child by another man or having a, a, you know, survived some horrible childhood abuse by a molesting uncle and say, I have a dead tooth. And they'd look at me and say, where? <laughs> And I'd be like, and this one, and so I can't see it. And I'd be like, yes, you can. You're a liar if you can't see it. And it but it, but it did. It got darker, and it got darker. And um, but I did <laughs> eventually grow up, uh, and just chalked it up to childhood idiocy. And I didn't hate Patrick anymore. I just whatever. It was everybody's fault. It was nobody's fault. It's just a tooth. Whatever. And like my mother said, maybe one day I'd marry a dentist and he'd be able to cap it for free. <laughs> so, 10 years go by and I go to my high school reunion, uh, class of 98, and there's an after party at the local bar in town off campus. And I squeeze through to get to the bar. And I'm looking for the bartender and it's crazy packed and I realize I'm standing next to Patrick. And he sees me and he says, well, hello, Julia Wiedemann. And I say, well, hello, Patrick. And he looks a little fatter, a little older. 
and a little like he follows the impulse to drink every day, but didn't we all in our late 20s? And uh, we start chatting about, you know, how funny all the old alumni are doing all the school cheers and how crowded it is and how good it is to see everybody. And he stops a moment and he says, I'm so sorry about what I did to you. And I know exactly what he's talking about, but I laugh it off. I say, oh, Patrick, psh, stop. That was years ago. Stop it. Forget it. And he says, I know. And I've thought about it ever since. I couldn't stand up to my father back then. But I have my own money now. I'd like to pay to fix your tooth. Please let me pay to fix your tooth. And I look at him, and I see my friend. And I realize, I've wasted all these years hating him. He was that boy with this horrified look on his face. I'm sorry, I'm sorry if there's anything I can do. And I just hated him. And he'd spent all those same years feeling so guilty. And we'd ruined a friendship over a ruined tooth. A fucking tooth. So there we are, in the middle of southwestern Pennsylvania in a bar, me, Patrick, and my dead tooth. Needless to say, I let him fix my tooth. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> A mouth is to talk, a mouth is to eat, for fun, a mouth is to laugh, to smile, to kiss. When you think how important the mouth is, every minute of every day, you realize why proper care is so important. Healthy teeth mean a happier life. So Beowulf called me a couple days back and he said, hey, you know, someone dropped out. We want you to come speak again. And I said, okay, well, what's the topic? And I heard him say, Spanx. And I was like, oh my God, this is perfect. I have this whole fucked up history with Spanx, so this is going to be amazing. And um, just for the guys that are looking like confused right now, do you guys know what Spanx are, ladies? Yes. Yeah. Do you guys know, guys? Do you need a definition? Any girls, do you want to give it, give it a shot? Tight. Girdles. Girdles. Here, I looked it up actually earlier. It's kind of fucking hilarious. Okay, so UrbanDictionary.com calls them <laughs> power panties used by portly people <laughs> for the illusion of slimness. Um, also shorthand for saying thanks. So I guess they tie into each other. Um, I also just have to read the sentence that it's used in because it's amazing. I ate too much damn prime rib at the buffet and can only fit into my Jordak jeans with the help of my Spanx. <laughs> so, Spanx, here we go. I filmed a lot of shows, as Beowulf has said. Uh, in particular, I was filming a show and started up this unspoken connection with a big celebrity who I can't name because I'll get sued up the ass. But um, 
Anyway, we started up this connection. We would always be staring at each other. We did the little eye-fucking thing. I don't know if you guys know what that is, but like the intense <laughs> stares where something's going to happen. Um, and we built up this whole relationship. We became friends. We became more than friends. We became the in-between thing for a while. And then on the finale, we did this big performance, and I was walking through the hallways and got pulled into this bathroom, and he threw me up against the wall and looked at me for like two seconds, and then we just started making out like crazy all over on top of this, behind that, underneath this. Um, and then he goes to rip off my dress, and um, you know, I was like busy making porn faces and stuff, so I didn't, <laughs> I was like lost in the moment, and he started laughing. So I looked up and I'm like, what? And then he's like, Holy fuck, I've never seen Spanx that big in my life. No. <laughs> yes, I maybe was a little portly, according to UrbanDictionary.com. And um, <laughs> trying to make my body slimmer for this finale of this show so I could look pretty on TV. Um, but in, in the process, I forgot that I wore the big Spanx, the ones that come all the way up underneath your boobs and go down to your knees. So, and they're like, they're like fucking fierce. Like, <laughs> these Spanx are fierce. So, um, yeah, like the hot, sexy moment with the big celebrity, which was the first, you know, um, big celebrity that ever, like, cared about me, um, saw me in, like, a humiliating situation. So I'm thinking for sure we're not going to continue this. This was embarrassing. Oh, by the way, I forgot to also mention this. Spanx have like a little hole because they're difficult to get on and off. So they have a little hole so you could just conveniently squat and go to the bathroom. So needless to say, those Spanx didn't come off during that whole thing. I just it. But um, <laughs> don't act like you guys haven't done that, females. <laughs> they're like, no. Um, so... <laughs> Wait, thank you, God, way to fucking leave me hanging. So, okay, so we actually end up starting up a relationship. He thinks it's funny, he is willing to move past it, but he does call me Spanky every single conversation that we had, which ended up being my nickname for a very long time. Um, so, basically, we get into this relationship, we build, it's great, but I start getting nervous and my trust issues start taking over and I feel like what is so great about me like I'm I think I'm great but like you know he <laughs> hangs out with like Victoria's Secret models he's at dinner with huge celebrities he runs with the biggest agents and managers and like he's the shit so I can't really trust this person we're from different worlds we're different people so I overwhelmingly um, continued to put on a front. I tried to be exactly what he wanted. I tried to be better than the things he had had. Um, and we were separated because we lived on different sides of the country. So we began to text message. We would have phone sex, which led to this thing called Skype. Does everybody know what that is? Okay. <laughs> So we um, decided we were going to have like Skype sex because it was just so intense and passionate and like we had to see each other doing these things. So I'm like, fuck, I don't even have a Skype. I had to pretend like I've done it a million times. So I call my girlfriend and she comes over and sets me up with the Skype because I don't even understand how to use that shit. And, um, and I'm like, okay, like what do people normally do? And she's like, well, you know, you just look sexy, push up your boobs, like whatever. You, talk dirty and you guys 
touch each yourselves for each other. So I'm like, oh my God, this is so weird. You know, like I'm not going to be good at this. So she's like, listen, don't freak out. Take this pill. It'll calm you down. <laughs> yep. So she gave me a pill. She told me it's very important with Skype if you want to be like this guy's first amazing one, they're better than the others, that you keep it casual. You don't want to look like you're trying too hard. You don't want to look like you're desperate. I think Kim Kardashian coined that word. So anyway, I didn't want to look desperate. So I um, got to the house. And by the way, this pill that she gave me is something called a Kalanapin. Okay. And that bitch is sitting in the back right over there. If you guys want some drugs later, she's available. But uh, so... So she gave me a Klonopin, which I still to this day can't even explain. I think it's something like a Xanax on steroids. So I first decide I'm not going to take that. I'm just going to be me. So I get all done up and I think like, I'm going to look like I just got out of the shower. So I'm going to get my hair wet and I'm going to be like light makeup. I mean, I like fucking prepared the lighting. Like I had this thing down. <laughs> you can lift your computer up a little higher and it gives you better angles with females just in case you have Skype sex. So, so he's like, okay, he's, we planned this session for, I don't know, 9 p.m. So I get all ready, I jump in the shower, I put my Spanx on because I was going to wear a tight little tee and I wanted to look skinny. Put my Spanx on, put my tee on, rush over and like get sexy in front of the computer. He's not there. 10 minutes, 20 minutes, text message, hey, I'm caught at work, we're going to have to, you know, move this a little bit back. 30 minutes, an hour, continues on. I'm jumping back and forth from the shower back in front of the computer like my fucking hair kept drying up. Shit was crazy. So, I keep jumping in the shower trying to get it perfectly wet. I had like so much product in it. It was crazy. So finally, I remember, um, you know, I had my glass of wine. I had a few glasses at that point. I'm like, dude, this fucking sucks. Like, I feel so stupid. Um, I'm just going to take this pill. Pop the pill with the drinks, and then I got a text message from him saying, 10 minutes, let's go. So I'm like, okay, let me just jump in the shower real quick, get my hair wet. <laughs> so that's all I remember. I, I, I know I was gonna jump in the shower. Okay, so I wake up in the morning, and I mean, I had the best fucking sleep I have ever had in my life. So I wake up in the morning and I'm like real confused. I don't know what happened. I don't know what, you know, I'm not, I'm not even sure where I'm at. I look at myself and I was naked except for my Spanx. And I had wet hair. So I didn't know what had really happened. I thought, okay, maybe I just passed out. Let me check my phone. So I got my phone and um, it rings as I'm going to grab it. So I pick it up and it's this girl, Toby, that I traveled around the world with on this program called Semester at Sea. And she's like, oh my God, like it's so good to talk to you. It was amazing last night, etc." We got in this whole conversation about life and like, you're just the coolest. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm still trying to figure out what's happening. And she says, so, um, you know, I, you told me to call you this morning and wake you up. I was like, oh, okay, well, you know, girl, sorry. Like, I took a pill last night, I don't remember, but cool, it was great talking to you. <laughs> so then I look at my phone and there were literally four international phone calls. <laughs> Apparently I got inspired from what Toby had said to call people from Semester at Sea in different countries that I had become friends with. 
And apparently I was on the phone with these people for no less than like 40 minutes. I don't remember any of this. Oh. Then, <laughs> then I checked my text messages and there's a random number and it says, that was so much fun. Good night, my little Jamaican princess. <laughs> no idea what that's about. <laughs> no idea. I, to this day, do not know what the fuck that was about. <laughs> so... so then I open my computer and the Skype session is up and it's ended. And like you have the ability to type and it says ended and it says how long it went for. It went for an hour and 45 minutes. And then the last thing in the text box said spanks a lot. <laughs> so later I find out that I was literally on the Skype session in my fucking spanks with no clothes on, boobs out wet hair, makeup dripping down my face like a crackhead. <laughs> so needless to say, like my, my fantasy of being his best Skype session probably didn't come true. Most interesting, yes. Um, but again, he thought that it was lovable and he liked me more. I, this guy's crazy. So, so we continue on. The first incident was horrible. The Skype incident was horrible. Now I'm going to New York for another show and I'm going to see him. So I get all ready and this time he wants to introduce me to his friends. We've been dating for a while. We're throwing around the I love yous. We're happy. So I go to New York and I'm meeting some of his best friends, these big people that own big shit and I want these people to like me. So I get this extra small spank that is like, <laughs> and when I tell you, you are like Nicole Richie back in the day when she was like eating disordered out skinny. <laughs> so I put the spank on. I got this like tight black dress. I walked in this restaurant, like hair blowing in the wind. It probably wasn't really blowing, but that's how I imagine like see it. <laughs> My hair was blowing. I was just like the chick to bone in the restaurant, okay? <laughs> Which felt great. Obviously, all of his friends wanted to bone me. He wanted to bone me. I was like, fuck, thank you, Spanx. So I get back to his hotel, and I'm like, I'm not going to mess up this time. I'm going straight to the bathroom before anything crazy happens, and I'm going to take off the Spanx. So I run to the bathroom, and I start to try to take these things off. <laughs> it takes a fucking village to get Spanx off, okay? It is not easy, and these things were not coming off. And when I tell you, when you try to squeeze something bigger and an extra, extra small spank is not cute. So I pretended, I knew that I wasn't going to get these off unless I asked them to help, which I'm not doing. My pride is not allowing that. So I acted like I lost one of my earrings downstairs in the lobby, and I needed to find it because it was like my favorite pair of earrings. So I ran down, had this whole fucking discussion with this woman at the front desk that doesn't allow scissors to leave the front desk of the hotel. God forbid a pair of $4.99 fucking scissors are standing in the way of me and my dude. So I get in this whole thing with her. I give her my credit card. I take the scissors. I run back upstairs. I chop these things off in the bathroom. I'm like, what do I do? I don't have my purse. I have nothing in here. So I'm like, if I throw them in the trash can, he's going to see them. So I rolled them up, and you know how they have the towels rolled on the like thing? So I rolled them up and I shoved them like inside the towel. So there was no, I'm gonna get them in the morning, duh, like whatever, so it's fine. <laughs> so, 
So we have like amazing sex. It's great. I like excelled. I did so good at being like the hot girl that he's with. All the friends love me. I was like on my way to being like the cool celebrity girlfriend. So, which is fucking lame, but anyway. So we wake up in the morning. He goes to the bathroom. I'm like passed out. We like did it every which way. So I'm like dead. He's in the bathroom taking a shower. I kind of hear the shower. I remember just hearing little things. Then I immediately remembered that I put these spanks in a towel. So I'm like, okay, it, chances are he's not going to use that towel. Okay? Ch- chances are it's going to be cool. So I'm, I'm okay for now. He's up in there, comes out, and I'm sitting here pretending to sleep. Like, you know, your eyes flicker when you're trying to pretend, like, trying to look all cute. And I look over and I open my eyes and he had my spanks, my cut spanks on his head. (laughs) So he said, and then he said, you know, Aubrey, you can never trust a woman that wears spanks because she's already lied to you. So that was his cute way of saying, stop doing this. Um, And then that was also kind of my moment of knowing, like, I don't have to live in my trust issues. Like, I don't have to, like, spend my life constantly trying to hide and lie about who I am. Somebody's going to love me for me, every embarrassing little factor. So, oh, wait, honey. Wait, boo <laughs> So I'm, like, super happy. I go back to my hotel. I'm, like, in it. Not even of the sex, but just the fact that he did that, the fact that he loved me. Women, we cover up things all the time about ourselves, and the fact that you're exposed and somebody really loves you still, it's like the best feeling in the world. It feels like love, whatever love is. (laughs) Guys, like, same thing for you when you guys have small penises, and we love you anyway. (laughs) So, anyway. (laughs) So, we, oh, you didn't like that one, did you? Okay, so so I get home and I'm like super excited. We're both working all day and we didn't have plans to hang out that night, but we were going to leave on a vacation the next day. And I'm like, you know what? I need to show him that I'm not a lie, that that I love him, that I can put down my trust issues and be in this relationship. So I put on the jacket, and I'm like, I'm not going to wear any Spanx. I'm going to show up at his hotel, like, so cliche, in a jacket with nothing underneath it, and, like, pumps, and, like, be sexy, and no Spanx this time. So I call him, and he's at home. He ended up going back home, and I'm like, okay, well, you know, what are you doing? Nothing, going to bed, long day, whatever. I'm like, okay. So I go to his place, and I'm like, this is going to be my moment, right? Go up to the door, knock, 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 nothing, lights are out. I'm like, okay, I must have fallen asleep. He's not hearing me. Call a bunch, nothing. So I'm like, all right, like, whatever, I'm going to see him tomorrow. So I start to walk back, and I notice his car is parked out front. So I'm like, okay, he's probably there. Like, why would his car be here? And then I looked up, and I saw a light come up in his place. So I go back. Knocking on the door, starting to feel those trust issues in my throat. I'm like, this motherfucker. <laughs> knocking, 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 nothing. Call, 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 like the one of those crazy bitches that calls like 13 times, <laughs> nothing. I'm pacing back and forth outside the house, like, okay, calm down. This is okay. He loves you. This is fine. I'm like, but he should be answering. <laughs> bang, 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 bang. <laughs> I must have stood outside that house for a good 15 minutes. Finally, the lights come on throughout the house. 
door opens. He's looking disheveled. He's like, God, babes, what's going on? I'm like, oh, you know, I wanted to surprise you. You know, I'm here, look, aren't I cute? Don't have spanks on. Um, and then he's like, oh, he's like, that's so sweet. Like, but I'm tired. We have to work tomorrow. We're leaving. Like, calm down. It's fine. Don't let your trust issues get you all crazy. So I'm like, yeah, I feel so stupid. Again, I'm embarrassing myself in front of this guy, you know? And now it's not the Spanx. It's not the external cover-up. It's the internal shit that's coming out. So I turn around, and I start to walk out. And I look up the stairs, and I notice the door to his bedroom is closed. I'm like, mm, I don't know about that. So <laughs> turn back around. I'm like, so there's nobody in here? No, I'm like... Is there anyone in here? Hello, anyone in here? Like screaming, nothing. So I'm like, okay, I'm just crazy. So he's like, yeah, we gotta just wrap this up. You know, I gotta go to bed. We start walking, puts his arm around me, kind of pushing me a little. And it was nothing but that tiny little push I could feel in his hand. I was like, this shit is not right. He's pushing, pushing. I'm thinking of the, the lights off, the car, the going to bed early, the door closed, the push. And I'm like, hold up. <laughs> he was like, literally had his arm around me. So I did like one of those NFL, like, you know, those things. That <laughs> <laughs> I like went around his arm and I matrixed my ass to the fucking sliding door, which he had to open. So I'm like... I, I know all my angles, right? I'm like spot things really well. So I know I'm not probably gonna be able to get up those stairs because he'll block me, but I know if I can maneuver around, I can head straight out the glass, sliding glass door into the window. So I run outside, push through this fucking window. He tried to stop me, but couldn't even touch my force. <laughs> push through this window and saw a naked chick on his fucking bed. Ooh. So I dove through that window. <laughs> His fucking laptop went flying. The lamp broke. Everything on the desk was like a desk in front of us. So everything broke. I like tumbled over like three times. And I don't know why. This is like such a random detail. But like I went over to see if she was alive. Because <laughs> she was laying there in the bed. And she had her naked legs spread open. I saw everything, girl. So... <laughs> Totally waxed, legs spread open. I could see the scars from her crappy tit job. I like, this chick was horrid. So I like, ran up and I immediately took her pulse. I'm like, are you alive? <laughs> she's like, she's all fucked up. And I'm like looking at her, I'm shaking her. I'm like, are you alive? Do you know where you are? And she was like, Aah. I was like, I'll tell you where you fucking are. You're in my boyfriend's fucking bed. <laughs> dropped her this bitch is of no use to me i'm sitting there he's trying to get in from the other side now i'm sitting there shaking i'm almost like i don't know it sounds so ghetto but like i wanted to hit her i don't know why because like it's so like bad girls club but for females and if you've ever been cheated on females like women want to go after the woman first it's like so stupid that we do that but anyways, I'm about to hit this girl. Like, I really don't like her. And I looked over at the chair, and there were all her clothes on the chair. And she had a pair of fucking spanks. And I realized her and I were soldiers in the same war. 
we were both doing the same thing. We were the same person. So anyways, needless to say, never talked to the dude again, never even knew who the girl was. Um, and I guess, you know, thanks can tie into my Spanx. Like, thanks, Spanx, for showing me this guy's a piece of shit. Um, and also, I think the moral to that story is Spanx do not lie. Men do. <laughs> That is all for this week, folks. This is the heavy behind me now, and we just heard a story called Spanx for the Memories by the one and only Miss Aubrey O'Day. Don't forget, we have an amazing live show coming up in New York and on the same night in Los Angeles. That will be December 20th in Los Angeles. We will have Aisha Tyler and Guy Branham uh, Margot Lightman, that's just going to be a knockout show. That same night, December 20th, at the Pit in New York City, we have Liz Winstead. Always go to risk-show.com slash tour to find out when and where we're appearing live next. And don't forget, by supporting our sponsors, our advertisers, you're supporting Risk. But the ultimate way to support Risk is to support our network at MaximumFun.org. When you become a member there, it comes back to us. And we depend more than anything else on listener support. So go to MaximumFun.org today and help us out if you can. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Risk Show. Comment on us at iTunes. Join the discussion on the forum at MaximumFun.org and send us your stories at risk-show.com slash submissions. Folks, today's the day. Take a risk.
here right now. Get your motherfucking hands over here right now. Eat the rig. I got something to say to you, boy. I get to keep talking with the zigzag organ, and now we're infested with snakes. <laughs>